On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to The Joel Mahalik Show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Joel Mahalik Show. I am Joel Mahalik. This is the Joel Mahalik Show, and it's the opening for season two, the season two premiere, if you call it, the season two debut. It is the first episode of the second season, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it, and we're excited because... If you are a, if you know me from the previous life, the the show from the previous life, then you will recognize my guest tonight. Yes, as I said last season, uh, season two, we will start moving back into the guest arena. Uh, if you are new to the Joel Mahalik show, the new show, then you're really going to enjoy tonight's guest. Uh, I will be joined in a few moments by the one, the only, the living legend, Brock LaRob. And uh, he's a fun guy. He's a knowledgeable guy. And um, we're just going to have some great conversation. And it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so since we're back and it's season two and a couple housekeeping things, first of all, things are still the same. It is still joelmaholic.com. So that is where you want to go to get the show live when it's on the air. You can go there, get them on demand. You can get news. You can get to the blog that I write. You can get everywhere you need to go, social media. You can stop by at Facebook at JM Talk and post there and check out the news and notes there. Also, Wombat of the Week is posted there. Uh, if you're If this is your first show... Then you'll find out later on what the Wombat of the Week is. Also, new feature that we actually started before, in between Season 1 and Season 2. We got it started on Facebook. Honor Thy Heroes, uh, which is uh, a new segment we're doing each week here on the program. So tonight's our first one that not only will it be on the Facebook after the show tonight, uh, you will... Actually, no, it goes on Facebook in the morning, Sunday mornings, that's right. So uh, you may already saw it, but tonight will be the first time that we're actually going to you know, feature it on air later on in the show. Um, we talked about, or I talked about, you and I, we talked about this last year. We have a relationship together, so that's why you're going to catch me saying we a whole lot, because I'm talking about you and me. We're together in this. And so last season, we talked about the possibility, we tested the Facebook Live thing, and uh, I, I said that we would probably go and get that step on the gas for season two. But what I wanted to share with you, because we share, this is a relationship we're in, is I've kind of backburnered the Facebook Live thing. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, I made a, a very a, a, a clean a clean opinion on Facebook uh, during in, in someone else's conversation. Uh, I didn't use foul language. I didn't a very just an observation, an opinion. And I got a citation from Facebook for hate speech. And so I had to put the brakes down a little bit because I have to tell you, 
if I'm doing Facebook live shows, and you guys know some of the things we talk about and how I do not censor myself on this program. So I, the last thing I would want to do is have the show page shut down because uh, my the Facebook doesn't like my opinion. I mean, it, it's sad. They're a private company. They can, they can do whatever they want. I get that. But I don't want to put you and I and our entertainment in jeopardy. So we'll stay with the audio for now. And we'll see what happens later on. There are other avenues that I am that I've already was exploring before and while we were testing Facebook, Twitch TV, YouTube. So we're still looking. I'm still working on some things, and I just wanted to let you guys know that JoelMahalik.com. That's the website, and uh, go there and have fun with me. Let's play online. But in the meantime, uh, as I said, I want to welcome in uh, my guest. I'm very happy not only to be able to talk with him on air again, but I'm very happy to bring him here and introduce him to new listeners that maybe don't know him from the previous show. He was a staple on that show, came by every once in a while. We had great conversations about everything from A to Z. And so please welcome to the program, Mr. Brock LaRob. Brock, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Joe. How are you, my friend? And you know what? It's great to be back. It's great to be on a great show. It really is. And you know, and I'm on a lot of great shows, but you know what? You're you're on you're up there. You're I'm telling you, I I, I don't know what to say. And thanks so much for having me. And you know, for our listeners out there, uh, and I just want to say, Joe Mahalik, his staff, they are top of the line, five star. And it's great to be back. And thanks for having me back. I really appreciate that. That is so kind of you, Brock. I, do I pay you now, or do I just I send you the check afterwards? Uh, pay me an installment <laughs> for just $1.99 a month. You can rent Brock. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Absolutely. Yes, yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> seriously, it is great that, uh, for you to come on. I got to tell you, when, when we were talking through email and getting this, uh, appearance prepared, and remember, I said to you, you know, uh, here's the format of this show. You know, it's it's only half as long, and this is what we do. Um, and uh, we, we we sort of I set out and said to you, uh, tell me what you want to talk about, think about it, and we'll formulate the first segment of that. Then I, you know, I'll do my thing in the second segment, and then the third segment's kind of already preset. And then when you got back to me and said, this is what I want to talk about, I was like a fangirl. I mean, I was like you know a kid in the candy store. I mean. You know, he wants to talk about horror movie genre and sci-fi. I mean, how much better can that get? You know, and just a week and change before Halloween. Well, yeah, you know, I figured that the timing was not only uh, uh, fantastic, but I love horror horror movies. I really do. And, and you know, um, and I must say, it's uh, the old horror movies. You know, with the with the studio um, back in the studio system. Uh, and the industry used to refer to as universal horror mm-hmm. and universal uh, pictures, universal studios. They really put the horror film on the map. They yeah. really, I mean, they knew how to do it. And I, I had figured that when you got here on the show and you wanted to talk about the horror movie genre, in fact, one of our uh, big listeners out there, uh, who I happen to work with, uh, when she found out, when she kind of saw the way uh, the description of the show was written up, you know, in the preview, 
and she doesn't like that horror stuff. And she, she, she said, I don't know if I'm going to listen. I'm really hesitant about what you're going to talk about. I said, listen, if I know Brock, I said, he's going to focus on the, the good old days of horror. And I so and I was pertaining to, and I was thinking of, you know, uni- the universal monsters. And, uh, and, and you're right. I have that entire collection on DVD, all those universal monsters. Yes. And, and you know what? It was great. You, you, uh, that's the exact way to refer it. The universal monster. Yeah. And, and it, it, you know, I, I, you kind of get chilled because, um, I, I love to get scared. You know, I, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine uh, recently, and he was telling me a story that when he was taking a certain uh, multivitamin, he would get nightmares. And I said, tell me what those vitamins are. I, I want to take them. I said, I love nightmares. He thought I was crazy. And I said, no, I said, I get the best ideas when I have a nightmare. I would have a nightmare and get up and, and I always have something near the bed and I would scratch down information for my books because... You know, when you have a nightmare and you get scared, I mean, it's to me, I'm there. You know, I dream in color. It's like, boy, was I really talking to Ronald Reagan? You know, that kind of thing. And I, I really like to get scared. And and that, again, that goes back to my childhood. You know, um, especially in uh, growing up in New York, you know, we had a whole bunch of TV stations. And we... Um, uh, WWOR 9, Channel 9, yeah, show uh, RKO uh, horror film. And um, uh, WNEW Channel 5 uh, would show uh, some of the universals, but there was always uh, Frankenstein was on uh, all the time. And one of my all-time favorite horror movies is The Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And for a 70-minute film... I think that encompasses the entire, to this day, the horror genre. Right. You look at those elements. And, and you know, um, just something very simple. I was uh, explaining to a, a couple of people the other day, uh, actually. Um, actually, I was given a, a brief uh, talk to one of the local groups here. And afterwards, um, we were talking about Halloween. And somebody said, oh, yeah, the boogeyman. So I said, you know where that expression comes from? And they said, no. I said, well, actually, there's a term. It's an old English term um, that was even that was used here. We refer to somebody as a booger, B-O-O-G-E-R. You know, mm-hmm. not something that uh, is in the nose. But when you refer to somebody as a booger, it means an evil man. So when parents would want to get their kids to go to bed, they'd say, "You don't want the boogeyman to come." And that's how that expression, the boogeyman, came wow. about because of the word booger. Isn't history and, awesome. And uh, oh, it's tremendous. And and you know, uh, I love to 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 watch and even study uh, the Universal horror film. And what I thought was very interesting was um, film historians, which I argue a lot about, and I. And I'm a film historian. Um, they say that, well, yeah, well, well, The Wolfman, that was a B film. You know what? The Wolfman was not a B film. The Wolfman was an A film. If you take a look at it, if you take a look at the writing, the production, and the cast, that had a tremendous cast. I mean, Claude Rains was in that film. 
Mm-hmm. It's not a B film if Claude Rains is in it. No, I thought it was. I, I agree with you. I, I mean, today watching them and 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 respecting the movies as I do, to me they all seem to be A movies. It, so you have the, the the original Universal monsters, you know, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, the Mummy, and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Now, so you had that going forties. I I'm not sure if they crawled into the early fifties, but definitely late thirties through the forties. And then, for me, the next big stop in horror was the late sixties into the seventies. Hammer films. Hammer films kind yeah. of rejuvenated. The Universal Monsters, I thought they did a good job with them for the most part. Yeah. I know there were a couple that were and these were cheap these were these were B made movies. These were you know the cheesy effects, you know, uh yeah. the, 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 Peter Cushing and Christopher <laughs> Lee and yeah. uh, a host of other Brits. And, and uh you're yes, you're absolutely right. Um the the hammer films and, and the titles were the same. Dracula, the curse of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. The horrors of Frankenstein, right? And, and you know, and Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, um, um, uh, and I'm trying to think of the uh, the other actor, a heavy set guy who was a ter- terrific actor, uh, James Robertson Justice. He turned into in a few of those, but it's interesting too because the horror film, uh, you can trace that back to a 14 minute film made by Thomas Edison, and it was called Frankenstein. It was 14 minutes. There, I, I've had the opportunity to see it a few times. There are a few prints out there. I, I think if uh, uh, the list, our listeners go out and they can uh, Google it, they're going to be able to catch um, at least 12 minutes of it. And it is, uh, of course, made 19, 10, 14 minutes. But, you know, it kind of makes your hair stand up just looking at the way they depict the monster. You know, Mary Shelley who wrote the novel in the uh, early 1800s. I mean, what kind of a sick mind does she have <laughs> to write that? <laughs> because, and, and you know, the interesting, I always thought the interesting thing was the book was kind of mild, yet she had real, she had uh, scenes that she wrote in the book of gore. I mean, real gore. Yeah, of the, yeah. the monster. But, and, and it also leads into Probably, I would say, my favorite fiction book of all time. I think it's the greatest detective story ever written, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. That book is truly a classic. The first time I read it. Truly a classic. I thought it was the greatest detective story. it, It was chilling. It was a horror story, but it was the greatest detective story. The, the way he put that book together and, and wrote that, and you know when they w- wanted to do the film, um, there was some trouble with the uh, the, the copyright and uh, the because it, it originally uh, Nosferatu, which was a German film, yeah, which is fir- the, fir- the film. first version on film, yes, which is an e- excellent film. They had to make some changes there because uh, it was under lawsuit by the uh, Stoker family. And um, later on, um, it was purchased by Irving Dahlberg, the rights, but he made a deal with the uh, Stoker estate. And they were able to infuse a lot of the elements from, uh, they didn't call it Bram Stoker's Dracula, they called it Dracula. And uh, the uh, person that 
uh, the actor that they wanted to portray Dracula was Lon Chaney. But Lon Chaney had passed away right before that. And he was the foremost horror uh, actor just for the mere yes, fact he that he, he, he had a, he can see if he read a script, he saw his, his character on the wall. He would, he would be able to do a sketch and then he had his own makeup mm-hmm. and it's, it's uncanny the way he did the makeup. And uh, you look at films, uh, silent films like uh, the hunchback of Notre Dame, which is a profound film. If you look at it, I mean, the, the, the characterization and, right. and the story is, you, you just, you, you kind of scratch your head and you say, wow. Well, another one with Lon Chaney, <laughs> with Lon Chaney, London After Midnight. Poor film is, you can't even see it completely because it, it burned up in a fire. Exactly. And, and you, I was uh, able, uh, TCM one night showed still pictures of it while they played music to the background. Oh. It wasn't the same, but... His character of the uh, uh, of the vampire, which of course um, anybody knows the story, the um, the talkie version, the remake of that was the Mark of the Vampire, which really is not much of a horror film. Right, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of mild. Bela Lugosi is actually in that film, and he, and he spoofs himself as Dracula. It's it's kind of funny at the end. But but it's interesting you said in mentioning that up until. 1950. In 1951, RKO put a film out that changed the horror genre into the science fiction uh, genre with a movie called The Thing, which is in my top ten of all-time favorite films. Right, right. Another another and, good horror film, yeah. And, yeah, it, 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 it's a horror film. Yeah, but it's it's a sci-fi film. It's a fantasy film. Um, of course, Howard Hawks did the direction, and it's rapid fire. Well, actually, Christian uh, Nyby did the direction, but it's got a lot of Howard Hawks um, flavor in that. Right. But that film ushered in science fiction. It ushered in the day the Earth stood still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forbidden Planet, which is uh, one of the classics, and then after that, you had every you know, Earth versus the flying saucer, and then. Everybody piled on. Oh, sure, uh, sure. And, and, what, and uh, what I'd like, what, what I want to do is, uh, after the break, uh, in, in fact, you're already doing it. You're shifting gears because I want to make sure we cover the sci fi stuff, too. Um, yeah. And uh, a real quick point before we get the break, too, about the thing is, uh, yes, the, a, a great original. Then they did, uh, John Carpenter did the remake, which I, I think is, is an A movie. He did a really good job on it, and then surprisingly enough, a couple years ago, they did um, a, a reboot, which was a prequel to John Carpenter's, and it put some puzzle pieces together. Uh, it had the same title, the thing, but um, I think all three films were great. Um, yes, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's sort of like it's it. It was like horror given birth to science fiction. And then uh, and so what Brock and I are going to do when we come back from... Uh, and, and the breaks, as you know, if you're if you listening, they're real quick. Not going to take much of your time. Uh, but we're going to move into a little bit of sci-fi. And I think who I think we could agree on is sort of like uh, maybe the Grand Wizard 
of a lot of sci-fi. <laughs> uh, Forrest Ackerman. So uh, we're going to talk about that and some more and a whole lot more coming up after that. So stick around for 90 seconds. I'll be back right after this. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik alongside Brock LaRob, my guest tonight. We're talking horror. We're talking sci-fi. And, of course, later on on the program, Wombat of the Week, Honor Thy Heroes, our regular segments, a couple rapid-fire points to make uh, coming up later on as well. And you can visit me, joelmahalik.com. That's where it all happens. That's the gates to my heaven and you're going to get everywhere else from there uh go go there and the show will uh, will it's right there you can listen on demand or on tonight when the show's playing it's there to be played so it's a one-stop shop you don't have to worry about this you don't need a player you don't need all this stuff you just go there and you'd be happy um so brock we're we were moving very well from horror into sci-fi and I think you segued it better than I could have imagined myself segueing that by talking about the thing because the thing really takes the horror, puts the sci-fi twist on it, you know. And that original yeah. one really dug into your imagination. Uh, that original one, in my opinion, is um, not only ushering in the sci-fi film, but which, I, by the way, Forrest J. Ackerman, he's the one that coined the phrase sci-fi. Yeah, he created that. But it, this, now I'm watching uh, the thing, and actually, I watched it again over the weekend. And of course, it, when it's the fiftieth or sixtieth time I'm watching a film, I try and study different things. <laughs> and as you know, I watch films probably the same film sixty or seventy times. And uh, you know, there's there's worse things you can do. But anyway. Um, right. And I'm paying attention to that uh, again to the dialogue and the and the set the way the sets filmed set up and then I, I kind of thought I said you know something and you know this Joel I don't believe in uh, life in outer space and I I don't believe that but I said you know this to me makes a lot of sense okay imagine being one of the, the the people there, okay, and you're under attack by something that you really don't know much about. Right. And you got to come up with something to stop it. 
And on one hand, you have science, the scientists saying, no, we want to preserve it. On the other hand, we have the civilians and the military saying, we have to preserve humanity. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was looking at that and seeing how the, the way it was written and, and the way it, it overlapped each other, the way it was done. And, it, and I thought it was brilliant the way it was done. Of course, based on a short story, Halt Who Goes There. And, and I thought it was brilliant. And, I, and that's from there, uh, other producers uh, were looking at that saying, you know what? We got something there. The, the budget wasn't very big. Okay. I mean, it was RKO Studio, which, not a big studio, okay? But it was a extremely popular film. To this day, it's a very popular film. And that just exploded. And uh, growing up, uh, again, to go back to, to, to um, move the thing into uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland, which Forrest J. Ackerman uh, was uh, one of the uh, creators and uh, editor-in-chief and owners, and which me and my brother, when we were kids, we couldn't wait for the issues to come out. And yeah, that was... Would, uh, and he, that was- he would show... Uh, or uh, have uh, short articles in there, um, and he would have pictures of various horror films that he never saw before. He um, he, he would he had um, had an entire issue uh, just on the thing with various pictures and how makeup was put on and the sets and the filming. And I remember as a kid looking at that and saying, "Wow, this is fantastic! How this was done." And um, so he always had a section of sci-fi, horror, and he dedicated every one of his magazines to the legend of Lon Chaney. It was, and I could remember, uh, and and you can even get some issues now, these issues, the old issues you can still purchase. The, The back of every magazine, right before the advertisements, he would always have a section that would be entitled, Lon Chaney Will Never Die. (laughs) <laughs> and it would be different pictures of Lon Chaney in uh, various uh, films and uh, maybe some personal uh, pictures. And it, it, the, the man was tremendous. He just, just did tremendous things. And he was such an influence. I mean, he influenced uh, George Lucas and uh, Billy right, Bob right. Thornton and um, Spielberg. I mean, he influenced these guys growing up. Those guys are our age. And growing up, they did the same thing. You know, you grab famous monsters of film and say, man, this is great. Where does this guy get this stuff? Well, he, and, he essentially was the founder of, of science fiction fandom. Like, I mean, he, he gave birth yes. to the entire fan base, you know, uh, yes. for the last umpteen decades, you know, since exactly. sci-fi was born. Yes. Yes. And, he, I, and, and I'll tell you, an interesting um, the influence, just uh, on a personal note, um, I'm in the third grade, and, you know, and I just finished uh, reading one of the issues, The Famous Monsters of Filmland. So I, uh, I created my own um, uh, horror uh, monster newsletter. And, and I sat there, and I would critique uh, horror movies. You know, and, and of course it was terrible and the, uh, nobody wanted to buy it. I sold it for two cents, but the old man that lived next door, Mr. Brennahan, okay, 
he would buy him. Give me the two cents. He'd buy, he probably threw them away. I don't know if you read them, but he was the only one that bought my uh, uh, horror month. It was, um, it was called Filmland News. And <laughs> I was doing the same thing. I was critiquing these uh, horror movies. <laughs> wow. And that was such a, an influence he had because I just, we just loved those magazines. We get those. And it's great because he would have monthly and then he'd have sometimes bi-monthly and then he'd have an annual. And the annual was, I mean, slam banger. He'd have everything in there. It was just, he'd have pictures of the 1933 version of King Kong in there that you never saw. That was just fabulous. Like behind the scenes and, pictures and whatnot. Yes. He, yes. He, he was just, uh, just a great influence. And, um, and even uh, somebody on, uh, it was a producer, Bert I. Gordon, who, uh, tried his hand at some fantasy films and things like that. Um, Ackerman gave him a shot uh, in the magazine a few times, r- writing some articles and showing some pictures. And uh, I, he would have the greatest still shot. I mean, it, it was something. And, you, you know, it's really interesting how um, there's even, actually, before I forget, there's a documentary about Ackerman that was made in 2010, I believe. And it was called The, Ac- the Accurate Monster Chronicle. And it's about how Forrest J. Ackerman had uh, just had his interest and it just came up. And yeah. uh, I mean, it was the spinoffs, he had a spinoff, I think it was called Monster World. That, well, well, that documentary actually, Brock, was actually 2012. Oh, 20, it was 2012. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll tell you, uh, and, but I, I have this, um, I, wanted, I wanted to tell you, especially when you said you want to talk about Ackerman, and I knew that we were going to probably get into um, a lot of like you're talking about a lot of your memories and, and what he's done for you. He was a literary agent. Yeah. And one of the people he was an agent for, uh, was Ray Bradbury among others, Al Ron Hubbard. And, uh, you know, uh, but let me tell you, so you, people talk about X amount of degrees of separation between you and someone else. So here's my, here, here's my connection to Ackerman through Ray Bradbury. The first thing that i read and consequently saw the short uh, short film i forget one a cable channel when i was when i was still a, a preteen or around you know those young years uh it might have been hbo i forget they they were doing they were doing these uh compilations of horror shorts so the first thing i read from ray bradbury and then not even a year after that the, whatever cable channel was had a short a, sh- a movie short based on it was the crowd yes the crowd was my introduction into ray bradbury and it was it was a perfect story to get hooked into uh you know a writer because it was it 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 was the the entire concept of it was creepy yes and uh yeah and so i mean i just want i i I wanted to i i had that in my head to share with you uh, because that's my con- that, that's my connection all the way to Ackerman, if you will. You know, I I didn't have the opportunity to see any of these you know uh, fan magazines that he wrote or these fanzines, um, you know, and things. That, I mean, I, I I knew of them. I knew uh, several of his nicknames. I knew about a lot of things that he did. I knew who he uh, you know uh, represented as far as science fiction and fantasy writers. I knew all those things. But my connection that I want that I, I couldn't wait to share with you 
to him, to him is actually Ray Bradbury. Um, uh, yes. And just, uh, and he gave birth to all this. That's the greatest thing about it. You know, when you think. It's, it's uncanny, yes. And you're just it, tipping it, the it, iceberg it's on it. It's how his, his influence has come through. And, and, and you know how um, uh, we mentioned again through the, uh, the, the years, the, there's, an, there's an evolution of the zombie film and the slasher film. And, you know, this, this, it just evolves, of course, to the times. But the, the horror film also had its share of uh, comedic. Uh, films, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the, the Haunted House uh, films. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. once said that Abbott and Costello destroyed the horror film genre, <laughs> which I don't agree with no. <laughs> because I think they, the horror film genre bounced back with Abbott and Costello. Um, I think Abbott and Costello did a great job with the horror genre. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh, I, I did too. I, I really did. And they... Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? It's Abbott and Costello. They knew how to do it. Yeah. Right. And, and as a matter of fact, I think this Sunday night on uh, the uh, wonderful Sven show is going to be Abbott and Costello be Frankenstein again. And, wow. And, and I don't think anybody gets tired of watching that film. And I know um, there's probably a lot of millennials listening to the show going, who the hell are they talking about, Abbott and Costello? <laughs> well, you know what? They, they should listen to us because if they don't, they're going to be they miss a lot. Oh sure, uh, because because again it goes back to my basic theme: fun. People don't have fun today. They yeah, don't they know don't. how to have fun. We know how to have fun because we grew up having fun. That's absolutely right. I want to tell you what my biggest complaint about horror movies are. And, Please do. And I, I'm, I'm clock watching here, but I wanted to squeeze this in before we run out of time. T- currently. My largest complaint with horror movies, because like you said, you love having nightmares. You love waking up scared. You had a nightmare. Okay. I'm, I don't know if I personally would agree and say that I like, you know, be scared from nightmares. I don't necessarily like nightmares, but I like a horror movie to scare me. And then when I'm watching a horror movie that scares me and I jump and my, my wife says, what's the matter? I'm like, oh, the movie. She said, why do you watch it? I said, well, it's doing its job. <laughs> if I if if I'm not scared, then it then the movie sucks. And the problem today is Brock because I'm still in you know I still follow horror and I watch them garbage or not. It's hard to find something that legitimately scares you anymore. You know, it's like they've yeah. run out of ideas. No one's being original. You know, and and and, and then yeah. you get all these uh, remakes and reboots, and sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not, but. Now this past weekend, I did watch a couple, you know, movies that were really decent. Um, I, I, you know, I, and I would say I agree with everything the critics say. But typically, um, The Conjuring, a couple years back, excuse me, yeah, based on you know real events from 1971 to 1980, was like really the last thing that they that. Really, you know, like a movie that really scared me. Um, and James Wan, he's doing a whole universe based around, you know, um, the Warrens. But yeah, I he did a really good job with that. And that's what's missing these days. And the amount of movies that come out, whether it's direct to video or now you got these streaming services, so a lot of movies go direct to streaming, or even the stuff that comes out in the theater. It's like, what are they doing? 
Right, yeah. So the, I would say the percentage is extremely low that they even scare me anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'm in total agreement with you because gore to me doesn't translate into being scared. No, I, I want my mind scared. I want to, I want I want my mind freaked. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't I don't need gushing blood and you know girls screaming and boobs all over the TV. Well, I mean anyway, but correct. You know, you you you, you want to be scared. That's that's what you're supposed to get from a horror movie. You're supposed to get become scared, and uh, you know it, it, it's just something that's not happening. I mean, in, in the last ten years, Brock, uh, we've got a couple short minutes left before break. In the last ten years, is there a movie that you think qualifies as uh, as as a movie that actually scared you? Movie that really well, you know, uh, you know what scared me, and even a, a little bit was the Mothman Chronicle. Ooh, yeah, a little longer than ten that, years ago, but that was a good movie based yeah, on an urban legend. That, yeah, that that made my hair stand up a little bit. Some of those scenes, I and um, you know, and I, I made sure the first time uh, I didn't see it in the, in the movies. I, I had rented a DVD. Uh, and I made sure all the lights were out, and I was by myself, and that made my hair stand up. Yeah, and, yeah, they did a nice job that's, on that's that. That's the last one, and before that, I would have to say The Exorcist. Oh. That scared the hell out of me. The Exorcist. I watched The Exorcist for the first time when I was six years old. <laughs> oh, that's about the, that. Listen, that that's about the time that my parents let me start watching, you know, scary movies. When I was ten years old, my mother handed me my first horror novel. She just got she just got finished with it. She says, "Here you go." It was uh, Stephen King's The Shining. Oh yeah. So uh, that was my uh, baptism of fire, as it were, into uh, you know uh, the horror genre. And then, of course, man, the next time you come back on the show, we're gonna have to maybe stay with horror, go a different direction. There's a lot of horror writers out there that deserve praise. Um, oh yes, that that we could talk about too. I mean, some of the ones we mentioned that Ackerman had uh, was an agent for, and of course, there's a lot of modern ones, uh, you know, that that deserve a lot of credit for the, what, what they're doing. Um, and and we would have to get to that too. So, you know, um, I, I I'm looking at my crystal ball, and I see a vision of Brock revisiting very soon. <laughs> You're, you're, you're like the amazing Kreskin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the amazing something—that's for sure. Uh, Just amazing. Okay, so, uh, but before we get the break, and Brock's staying for the for, for the last segment, but. Uh, just to bring everybody back up to speed, what is going on when we come back from break? We have our usual stuff. We have our wombat of the week. I had this wombat of the week on deck since the week after season one went out. So uh, it's been. Uh, I got to get the dust off it. It's been sitting here waiting. I mean, my new segment, uh, Honor Thy Heroes, where uh, we'll tell you about that. We'll tell you how you can get involved in Wombat of the Week, and I'll tell you how you can get involved in Honor Thy Heroes after I tell you about that. That's coming up in the next segment. After we come back from break, I have some a couple of rapid-fire things that uh, we'll banter about for a few minutes before we cover the regular stuff. Um, and uh, just to remind you that um, bookmark my page at joelmahalik.com. You have to. 
it's important that you bookmark it. Uh, that way you can come back time after time, as the song says. Uh, and also, you can follow me on Facebook at JM Talk. And uh, lots of cool stuff going on over there. We do video wombats of the week. So if you didn't get enough, I post videos of idiots too. Anyway, uh, coming back right after this, and we will finish this up. Don't go anywhere. Coming right back. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Welcome back. It's the Joel Mahalik Show. Oddly enough, I happen to be Joel Mahalik, so I must be in the right studio. Uh, It is uh, First Show Back, Season 2. Glad you all came along. Remember, joelmahalik.com. You can listen to the shows on demand. I know your schedules are tough on a Sunday night, and that's why we make sure that we put them right there on the front page of the website. You don't have to go very far, and you can listen to all of them. You can download them at Spreaker.com. Put them on DVDs or CDs or any kind of audio, but put them on iPods. Buy iPods, put all my shows on them, and then mail them to all your friends and enemies for Christmas. Uh, but that's where you go. Uh, Brock LaRob sitting in with me, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, this segment, <clears throat> we will be getting into our Wombat of the Week and our new segment, Honor Thy Heroes. I'll be getting all that. First, couple, a uh, couple thoughts. As I went through the week to get to this point, I was just, uh, 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 how would you say, Brock? I was observing life around me. Yes, better. And uh, <laughs> so so I make these notes. And uh, one of the things that um, I don't usually have to do it this way because I, I, I dedicated most of the show. I wanted to talk about what you brought because you brought great stuff. And so I probably would have made an entire segment out of these couple bullet points, but I made them bullet points this time. Uh, for example, I'm watching the news, and uh, I see this week that U.S. District Judge James Ostero, I, I'm sorry, Otero, I don't want to mispronounce it, this past Monday, he dismissed a lawsuit from adult film st- uh, star Stormy Daniels, claiming President Trump defamed her when he suggested that she had lied about being threatened to keep quiet about their alleged relationships so i'm thinking to myself because part of this process is is stormy daniels is being told she's got to pay president trump's legal fees for that suit so i'm thinking to myself does this mean he will be the first man in world history to get a refund from a stripper Uh, i mean is is that what it boils down to you know what i kind of like that that's a really good point or how about how about this i just thought of this all the people that sent money to contribute to her uh, f- um, defense fund, they're actually paying Donald Trump. I know. that, And, and that occurred to me, too. It's yeah. like all these people that complain about <laughs> him, about the whole scenario, about the, you know, and, you know, 
and then I'm going to fund her account. Sue the bastard. I'm going to fund your account. Well, you, you're paying money now to President Trump, you idiot. Right. Anyway, that was just a random thought, you know, about it. Uh, so a while back, a while back, you can tell this is episode one, folks. I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm losing my voice. And really, Brock's carried the first two segments of the show. I, my voice is not used to this. I've been off for like 10 weeks. <laughs> so, Well, there's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> well, the, oh, well, the White House had to issue 1099s, everybody? I don't know. Um, so a while back, uh, you may recall, uh, if you listened to the first season, I called out the Flat Earthers on the show about their insane beliefs that the Earth is flat and not round. And then I, you know, I, I made some enemies from the Flat Earth, Earth Society and other Flat Earthers <laughs> in that arena, which is fine. I don't care. Stalk me on Twitter, which is what they're doing. I love it. You know? Popularity, baby. But anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So I was thinking about it because, you know, I want to be fair to them. They put out really insane videos <laughs> and uh, um, uh, blogs trying to prove their point, you know, that, that the Earth is flat. So I was trying to think there's got to be some uh, some proof that it is round that I can offer them that, that they would uh, uh, be able to accept and not think that I'm just picking on them. Well, I, I, I figured it out. Folks, I, ha- I have the irrefutable proof that the earth is not flat. Here it is. If the earth was flat, don't you think cats would be on the edge of it knocking shit off? Because that's what they do. <laughs> so obviously, since cats aren't all roaming to the edges of the earth, it must be round. <laughs> it has to be. These are facts as I present them here. These are facts. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, if you didn't hear that show, you got to go back and listen to it. I mean, where all you really have to do is just go check out the Flat Earth Society. Look at some of their videos. I think one of the videos I talked about was where. They took a ball, like a ten, like a, a soccer ball, and a glass of water, and they're like, "See how the water runs off the Earth? You know, this sphere <laughs> representing the Earth. It just runs off." Oh yeah, just. And then off. they got a they got a, a dinner plate, and they poured water on that, and they said, "See how it pulls like a flood, and we get a lot of floods and a lot of rain. And where does it go? It goes nowhere. It stays here. So, I mean, these are some of their theories. You know, you gotta love America. <laughs> It's not just America, Brock. The, 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 the British Empire, the United Kingdom, whatever they call themselves these days, has a very large flat Earth uh, contingent of people. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, flat Earthers. I, I I can't help it. I mean, you opened the door for this. Um, well, I make a lot of people angry when I say we're the only ones. There's no life in outer space. Yeah, and that it could make a lot of people angry. That could be a, a whole segment or a whole show. You know talking about that because yeah. i i do disagree with you there but that's okay yeah. it's okay because we live in a society where it's okay to disagree and Precisely. still be friends that's the fun of it yeah you can't prove that on facebook but that yeah. is the truth you can disagree and still be friends if, if everybody agreed with everything you know what kind of a dull world we'd have <laughs> in the earliest days of my broadcast and my broadcaster part broadcasting partner was was vita you know vita you remember vita I sure do. And um, in between shows, when we were discussing topics, she used to get 
slightly perturbed because we agreed on everything. She's like, damn it, you got to disagree with something. I'm like, well, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, and she said it didn't make for good radio. But we, but we did make good radio back then. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, okay, for all the people out there that are um, really into Christmas in, in, in evil ways, and I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about people that love it when the stores set stuff up so early that you walk in there and you go, "Oh, I didn't know you guys were celebrating Hollow Thanksmas," you know, because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm in Home Depot last week and <laughs> Halloween decorations are up. Thanksgiving lawn ornaments and the Christmas stuff is up, and I'm like, "Is this is this hollow thankmas? <laughs> what holiday are we celebrating here?" So, for for the people that are like just too into Christmas, and it, and I I've said this on the previous sh- uh, show, my previous the behind the mic show, I said this all the time. It gets worse every year. Every I'm the kind year. of guy that I I find Christmas carols on the radio acceptable. After Thanksgiving, I'm talking Black Friday, Thanksgiving night. If you want, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when I when I was growing up, you got a little bit in between the regular pop music for the next couple weeks. You know, all the way up till the 24th. And the 24th, the stations like at 6 p.m. till 6 p.m. Christmas Day. Then they switched to that nothing but Christmas format. But yeah. you got it blended in before that. And I I used to say it gets worse every year. October 26th at 2 p.m. October 26th at 2 p.m. This coming week, Hallmark starts their nonstop Christmas movies at 2 p.m. on October 26th. Hallmark Channel can't even get to Halloween. It started those in June. (laughs) And here's the problem with Hallmark Christmas movies. They produce like 100 movies a year. They're all the same actors, the same theme, and they just give it different names. Uh, yes, and, and you know, uh, you know what they? Uh, I figured this out actually because I did spend some time watching that because I said I got to get an angle on this. I got to see what's going on. Remember the old? Uh, of course, you remember the uh, Superman uh, television show, The Adventures yeah. of Superman with George Reeves. Mm-hmm. The reason why they all wore the same costumes in every uh, episode was because they filmed different scenes, and for the whole season, they just spliced the scenes together. Yeah, I think that's what Hallmark does. I'm, Hallmark I'm, has all of these actors. They they just film a bunch of scenes and then say, "All right, you know what? Splice that there." And that's how they make the, all these movies. They figured it out. They figured out what they were doing back in the day, and they, and and that's what they're doing. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. <laughs> and it's cheap, and and they all have to say. Everybody always hugs at the end. Yeah, it's so lovey dovey at the end. Yeah, I uh. hate that. And I, I and, and I, I really despise cable TV showing Christmas movies all year long. I mean, come on, cut me a break. Um, well, my favorite Christmas movie is The Godfather, so that's all there is to it. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There are only two types of people in this world, Brock: the people that the, the people that know Die Hard Two is a Christmas movie, and everybody else. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got a really big wombat of the week this week. Um, so I. First of all, if you're a new listener to the show, um, then uh, let me tell you how you can participate. One by the week is basically stupid people doing stupid things, and it winds up in the news. Okay, and then I want to exploit that, and we call them wombats. Wombat of the week, and of course, on the Facebook page at Jam Talk, 
You can go there because I will occasionally post video Wombat. Stupid people doing stupid things, and somebody was filming it. So that's what Wombat of the Week is. How can you get involved? You can get involved by emailing me stupid people doing stupid things news stories because there's so many of them out there. And I've got to do all this, and it's hard for me to keep up, so I like it when people send them in. And uh, and then I can sift through them and pick out the one that's going to be you know featured on the show. Uh-huh which will also then be featured on Facebook. Now, this one is, it's interesting because this was on a bunch of news stations, and according to Snopes.com, and not like I, you know, I have no faith in Snopes.com anyway, but they said it's just an unverifiable story. But apparently, uh, there was on a website called, uh, it had something to do with wedding shaming, Somebody popped up on there and exploited their cousin Susan uh, because she canceled her wedding and broke up with her fiance after her guests refused to pay for their $60,000 dream wedding. And uh, so now, as I usually do, I usually I run through the story for you. So a woman's Facebook tirade. Uh, blaming friends and family for not paying for her $60,000 wedding has gone viral across social media. And screenshots of the screed were uploaded to Reddit. Now, let me tell you, um, I don't think I'm going to read any of them. It is a tirade and a half on fa- on Facebook. I did paste the five screenshots they will go on after the show tonight, and I'm telling. I, I want to advise everybody right now. It's not safe for work because of the language and content, and it's also viewer discretion uh, is highly advised <clears throat> before you look at that post with the pictures. Uh, the bride identifies only, only identified only as Susan wrote that she had canceled the wedding and broken up with her fiance. Then she proceeded to blame her friends and family for ruining her marriage and her life. Susan wrote that she wanted to be a Kardashian for a day and have a blowout wedding. And she and her fiancé specifically asked for cash gifts, requesting around $1,500 from each guest, or they weren't invited, she wrote. It quickly became apparent that most of the invitees were not willing to pay out $1,500. Susan wrote, how could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding? We'd sacrifice so much and only asked each guest for around $1,500. Desperately, we resent our invites and asked people to donate what they could. I mean, seriously, people, what is $1,000? What is $1,500? Clearly, not a lot, she continues in her tirade. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, man. <laughs> Susan said her now ex suggested they marry in Las Vegas to save money and that she, quote-unquote, laughed in his face. Um, uh, some people on Reddit had asked if the screenshots were even real. Um, yes, this is a living, breathing human being, according to Susan's cousin, who wrote in an update. Clearly, she has entitlement issues, but I have never known her to be this obnoxious. <clears throat> so... Susan is our wombat of the week. I don't care what Snopes says. Uh, and I'll tell you what, even if uh, if, it, if it's fake, bravo to whoever faked this. 
but still nothing's coming yeah. out to prove that it's fake. And tonight after the show, you will be able to see the five screenshots um, of her tirade. Her tirade took five pages to print out one tirade post on Facebook. Hmm. Yes. So uh, feel free to look. Just don't look at it at work. I don't want anybody leaning over the shoulder. I will not be responsible for people getting fired from their job for reading those, that post on my page while you're at work. Don't do it. <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay, we may have to go over time a couple minutes. Uh, next segment, <clears throat> excuse me, hanging on to the thread of my voice. New segment, if you follow the show on Facebook, you may have seen this. The segment's called Honor Thy Heroes, hashtag HTH. And this is the Joel Mahalik Show's way of uh, chronicling, featuring, if you will, Police, fire, EMS, first responders, uh, doing amazing things. And we've had some amazing candidates that we featured already on Facebook. And, uh, you know, specifically police officers, they get a bad rap. And if you've listened to my show long enough, even my previous show, Behind the Mic, you know that if there's a bad cop out there in the news, I'm going to call you out too. You know, we don't we don't need that. We don't need, you know, I, I've been through that. That's not the point. My The basic point is, there's enough of that going on, and what happens is the people that do good, especially police, they don't get enough praise or recognition. And it's the old adage, right? You do something good, nobody hears about it. You do something bad, and the whole world knows, uh, or the whole circle that you're in, everyone at work. Whatever the circle is, that's how it works with everything, including law enforcement. So... So, yeah, so we've been heavy in this feature with police officers. And that's why I want to say, just like Wombat of the Week, if you see a story out there from your community or your, your local newspaper about EMS, firefighter, police officer, first responders, doing exceptional work, I want that story. I want that story because we want to feature them here on the show. We want to give them the recognition that they deserve. And... uh and so, uh, so if you if you've been to Facebook today, then you've probably seen this. Okay, um, our honor thy hero, our hero this week um, is J- Deputy John Vosberg. Um, he is with. This is the first time I'm actually doing one on the show, so it's I guess it's not as organized. I have the news story with me, and that's how I do everything else. But so he's a deputy, and he's from the Niagara County Sheriff's Office. And because of him, and of course the quick reactions of Good Samaritans to get help to the situation, apparently a four-year-old girl with special needs had wandered into Cruel Park somehow and then wound up in Lake Ontario. And by the time Deputy John Vosberg gets to the scene, she's 60-some yards out in the water in in Lake Ontario and barely keeping herself above the waves Without without a thought. Without a thought, he dives into the cold waters of Lake Ontario, swims out, and gets her back to shore within minutes. And she's still breathing and still conscious when he gets her back there. Which, And then by that time, you know, EMS gets there. And, I mean, everything just worked out perfectly for the timing. And that's the thing. You know, we featured another officer uh, in between seasons. Same thing. 
did not hesitate, jumped over a bridge, an overpass, to follow a jumper and save that person's life. And you just don't hear about these people enough. According to the Niagara County Sheriff, Jim Vautour, the girl who's nonverbal, has special needs, somehow wandered from her home on Main Street sometime before 8 a.m. I mean, think about that. Before 8 a.m., parents are getting ready for work. Uh, you know, people are doing their thing. And this, this child with special needs, she gets, out the, she gets out the open door. Goes for a walk, and next thing you know, she could have she easily lost her life. She could have drowned. Like, Ontario is a big lake. They're like oceans. They have waves. And he, without hesitation, he dives in, and he gets her back. And EMTs were able to evaluate the girl. She was taken to the children's hospital, further evaluation, and she's fine. He fulfills his obligation to community service in the highest honor. And because of that, Deputy John, you're honored on Honor Thy Hero. Now, honor Thy Heroes here on the Joel Mahalik Show. And we thank you for the service that you give to your community. And I, and that's what I need. People send me Wombats of the Week. That's great. I want you to send me heroes, too. I, I need you to send me heroes. And we will give these heroes uh, uh, time, uh, you know, and, and, and we will put them out there. They, they're going to go. By tomorrow morning, he'll be all over our social media. So that is the honor of thy heroes. I'm sure if you follow the show on Facebook, you've probably seen what we've been doing, and we'll continue to do that. We had a couple weeks where we had nothing. It's hard for us to get information out there, and that's and that's that's one of the reasons why I did this. It's hard for me to find heroes in the muck of all the other garbage out there as it relates to police. I even have cousins who are firefighters. And I'm like, can you guys find me some EMS or firefighter stuff? Where would you go if you were looking for stories about heroes in your line of work? And they haven't even gotten back to me yet. They, they're stumped for an answer. We need to tell people about these people. And that's what I want to do. So, um, in the meantime, having said that and knowing that I'm into overtime already, but that's okay, uh, I want to thank uh, my guest, Brock LaRob. Brock, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And, uh, and I don't know if we got to put you on a, like a monthly payroll schedule or something to be here, but we yeah, have to have you do, back. Actually. <laughs> shoot me, shoot me an email. Let me uh, give me some times, and I'd, I'd love to. I'll make time for it. Uh, I'll be out there. I'll be in uh, Jacksonville uh, in November. I'll be uh, a keynote speaker at the um, quarterly meeting of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Nice. So uh, just uh, for our people out there, and I'll be doing a lot of things. Uh, working on two more books, and uh, probably going to be setting up a blog also uh, soon. So. Well, make sure you get me that information, too, because I will forward that information across our social media networks as well. Oh, great. Thank you. I shall do that. Yeah, get me on. Uh, you know what? I love the show. You guys are great. I love you, uh, brother. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'll make time. It's never a problem. And it's always a pleasure. You know, you you got, like I said, a great show, great audience. You know, agree, disagree, doesn't matter. We're in America. This is the greatest country in the world. And every day gets better. I couldn't have said it better myself, brother. Brock, thank you very much. I will. Yeah, we will be in touch, and we will get you set up on uh, probably some sort of regular schedule. Everybody else, you thank have to you. go. You're welcome. God bless. We-
God bless you too. You have to go to Facebook, JM Talk. You can go to my website, joelmahalik.com. Uh, you can get the shows on demand there. You can listen to your prior there. Listening live now. If you're not, stop by right after the show. It becomes on demand immediately like that. We're so happy to have had you here. My guest next week on the program is Barry Slinker. He is uh, he runs a 24-7, 365 old-time radio station on the Internet. And uh, another fun guest and great topics. And uh, being right on the heels of Halloween, you have no idea what we might talk about. So join me next week on the Joel Mahalik Show. Until then, have a great night. Be safe. <laughs>